if you really want reality for you to be the kind of reality where you can turn thoughts into things, then you have to be thought alone. You have to be pure consciousness, not be this person who's wired into, chemically addicted to your past, be willing to set it down and move into energy, move into consciousness, move into fully feeling into what's here. And then you start to feel and rehearse how good it feels to be here right now. It already is. And from that place, there's ideas and things start to mold and you start to get led to things. And that's the quantum leap. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. This show is meant to be a guide for you. We're going to talk not only about how we can start to become aware of what are the subconscious things that are holding us back and how we can instead choose thoughts that are actually going to propel us forward. But in addition to changing the landscape internally, we are going to talk about the strategies that actually will help you to build a profitable business, getting paid to be you. Because when you have a business where you do what you love, you never really have to have that sense of work because it's a pleasure, because it's joy. And really, I want you to have the most abundant life. I want you to have the kind of life that you love waking up to every day that you don't feel like you need a vacation from. So together on the show, every single episode, I want to be your friend. I want to be your mentor. I want to show you what is it that I think has really been insightful, been helpful? What are the tools and strategies? What are the mindset shifts that have helped me? And what are the things that have helped my guests to get to where they are? How can we together sort of cross this river to the most fulfilling life where we show up and we feel like we are living into our potential and having the most gorgeous, beautiful experience? Because after all, that is what we all desire. We're all craving to have the most joyful, beautiful life And I really believe that we can design that and that we can experience a life that we just absolutely love. And not only will we enjoy it, but it will be a possibility for other people. It will show other people what's there for them. And then maybe together, each one of us, by being the happiest versions of ourselves and being the most fulfilled versions of ourselves, we will help other people to reach for that higher branch and to find that in their own life. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to the podcast. We have a great episode for you today. You're going to hear a piece of a coaching session that I did, which also includes a little meditation. Also, there's a prompt to help you envision what might be your biggest desire. And then we're going to unpack all of this and really see if we can understand what comes up when you dare to dream bigger. We're going to talk about things like how to enter this unlimited field of possibility and how to take quantum leaps and how magical your life can be when you allow yourself to play in the unpredictable. I'd love for you to go through the meditation and the prompt if you can, because I think it could be really helpful. All right, take a listen. It's really cool to have this space. And today we're going to have pretty giant conversation. And the way I want to start that is through a meditation. You know, words don't teach. Experience is what teaches. It's our felt sense experience that teaches. So I want to move you guys into the life, the life that you really want. And there's some fundamentals that we need to peel back. So we're going to do that. And before we go into this meditation, I'm going to probably do more of the explaining about it afterwards, because so much is just not in the analytical mind. And so it'll be better for us to have this deeper dive nuanced conversation after we meditate. So let's do that. And um, we'll go back into what we're experiencing. 
but essentially what we're doing when we're meditating, we're not trying to not have thoughts, first of all. And by the way, I know all of you have different experiences with meditation. Some of you maybe do this all the time. Some of you do it less, some of you haven't done it, but just to give a little overall sort of perspective here, what we're looking is to open the door to the subconscious mind. And what we're looking to do is step outside of the automatic program that's running all the time. And one of the best ways to do that is to approach this with a lightheartedness because part of the essence of mindfulness is non-judgment. It's being a witness. And that is so helpful in the experience because you're literally here to see if you can, and I'm going to be guiding you, but you're literally here to see if you can step out of the blizzard of the constant program that was set down for you in the past. Emotions are memories of the past. And every time we meet, we talk about the future and it's impossible to create a future from the past. And when you're living in the past, because you're wired into an old program and the program is playing and it's happening so quickly that you don't even have the awareness that it's happening and you're feeling the emotions of the past, you'll just create the same day you had yesterday. So what we want to do is we want to start to become conscious of where we go unconscious. We want to become aware of where we're unaware. And then we want to create a new program. We want to be like the best software engineers and put different ones and zeros in there and open up to this full and total field of possibility. So I'm going to have you do a couple different things in the meditation, and you don't necessarily need to understand it. And you definitely don't need to have a quiet mind. And here's what I mean. Your heart will always beat as long as you are here. That is physics. And your mind will always have thoughts. And it's not about stopping the thought. It's about noticing the thought. That's a very big difference. That's a giant difference. That is an ocean away difference. So let's just see if we can kind of go with this. You can follow my lead and then we're going to unpack some of this and see how we can utilize this exercise, this muscle to write the future. You guys ready? Are we good? All right, let's go. Let's get on this rocket ship. Here we go. I'm just going to invite you to close your eyes. So let's just, let's start by breathing. Let's breathe intentionally. Let's just breathe three times. And as you're breathing, just say, breathing in, I'm breathing in and breathing out. I'm breathing out. Let's just bring ourselves to the present moment. Present moment is where all things are possible, not in the past. Let's be here. Let's breathe in. And again, good. And now I want you to just see if you can find your sit bones as you're sitting, or if you're on the couch or a chair, just notice if you feel the left one more than the right or the right more than the left. And we're just grounding ourselves in this present moment. Just see if you can allow your weight to be evenly distributed and just sink in, let the ground hold you, let yourself be carried here. And now I just want you to see if you can put your awareness, not on the material world, but on the space. Most of the universe is actually 
immaterial. So I just want you to see if you can open your focus and see if you can notice the space between your head and the ceiling of whatever room you're in. Like, can you, can you just see and feel into there's space there? And now you're going to go to the right of you and just notice the space between your right shoulder and the room you're in. And as we do this, we start to disassociate from the constant fixation on the limited, on the 3D experience. We're just noticing the space, this infinite space. And now we'll go to the other side and just see if you can put your awareness on the space between your left shoulder and the room that you're in. And now behind you, there's space between your body and the wall behind you. Let's see if you can put your awareness there. You're playing with this, feeling into the space. And now I just want, want to see if you can start to notice how much energy is really moving through you. And you are this consciousness. You are this witness. You're not your body. There's something else happening that is the you of you. Nobody, no time, nowhere. Just consciousness resting in infinite space. That's energy. Feel that. And notice how with your eyes closed, you start to perceive so much more. You start to feel so much more. You start to have an experience of reality as it actually is. Just goes on and on and on. Infinite. And there's a part of you that dances in there with that infinite space and is at ease there, finds peace there. And now I want to see if you can put your awareness on your heart. And there's definitely an energetic to this chakra around our heart, this space. I want you to see if you can open your heart. And I want you to feel life itself loving you. There's some life force that is beating your heart. There's some force, there's some electromagnetic pulse that is giving you life. I want you to just think about a moment in your life where you felt full body experience of gratitude and wonder. Life was just loving you on full blast. I want you to go there. Remember how that felt. And there's nothing you have to do to be worthy of this electricity. It's been there since the moment you were conceived. And since it feels so good to give and to love and to bring that life force into the world, I want you to send that love to someone in your life. Energy is doesn't need to be local. Just think about sending that to someone and wherever they are, that they just feel lifted by extra life, extra love, more presence. There's some signal that they're getting. It's unexplainable. And now I want you to send love to everyone who's on this Zoom meeting with us. I want you to just picture your heart is generating just pure energy, just love life itself, that force, that electrical current. Just open your heart, send it out. It feels so good. And now I want you to feel it coming 
to you in this circle. Just feel how that's so healing just to be given the focus, the energy from another person. Everything is energy. Matter doesn't make energy. Energy makes matter. And when we drop in like this and we feel what we really are, which is just this vibration, we can create. We create from this. And now that we've been in this for a few moments, I want you to feel yourself, this energy, so much bigger than your identity. It's bigger than your story. It's bigger than what color hair you have or your zip code. It's just consciousness. I want you to just feel how beautifully it connects to the field of all consciousness. It's beyond space and time. And in this place, all potentials exist. So I want you to select a potential from this field. And I want you to see how it feels. How does it feel to live that way? Feel it. And how does your personality change in that potential? The way you think, the way you feel, the way you act. And as we start to close, let's play a beautiful game with the divine, with reality, with the source of all consciousness. And ask that the more you surrender the past reality, that you be led to the synchronicities that show you that this is how we step through the door. You can start to wiggle your hands and feet, and you can open your eyes when you're ready. Good work, everybody. So let's see if we can unpack this. I'm not going to give you the entire thing at once because we're learning new languages, right? And so we'll just do little pieces. And you know when you're, this is so old school, like you're watching a Polaroid be developed and you see it and it starts to get clearer and clearer. I think that's how this process is. So it's okay if not all of it feels clear, right? But it'll get clearer and clearer. Maybe one part of it will feel so clear. And that'll just be a big relief. Like, ah, I can see through these new lenses. But just go with me on this stuff a little bit. And then I totally invite you to like spend the time that you're spending in this class, like researching it and like diving in because it's so beautiful. We have such a benefit right now because it's very recent. It's very recent that we understand physics the way we do. But you guys... The more you spend time, and some of you probably already have, otherwise you wouldn't have any clue what I'm talking about, but it's just amazing how much we understand energy and this quantum unified field. It's incredible. And essentially, you know, we've heard this expression, quantum leaps, right? People want to make quantum leaps, right? You guys have heard that. Yeah. Something people say, or it's out there. I don't know that I say that so often, but It's a thing, right? But that's real. That's real. Like you can literally make quantum leaps in your life. But what does that mean? Essentially, we relive the past. That's what most people do because we're grounded in emotion. And emotion is a memory of the past. 
And so the way we think and the way we feel becomes our personal reality because that's our personality sort of interacting with the world. It's how we make decisions. It's how people receive us, right? And it's a record of the past. And most of the past has a lot to do with identity, who we tell ourselves we are. And as Ramdas says, you know, we were born and they hand us a somebody suit. And they say, this is who you are. You're somebody and you're this kind of somebody. So, you know, in his case, it was like, get good grades, speak when you're spoken to. He went to Harvard and he was a good somebody. Like he was, he was nailing it. Like he, he took that somebody suit and he like got A's. Right. And then eventually he was like, oh, this is so limiting. Right. So he has this documentary called Becoming Nobody. So what is that about? Well, what it's about is that who you really are is so much bigger than the somebody suit that you've been wearing. You're someone because you're some of the one. You're some of this like one, this infinite oneness. That's why you're someone. And so the way to enter the doorway of the future where it's all potentials exists, you can't walk in as somebody. You have to walk through the door as nobody. Why is that? Because the somebody that you're wearing, the somebody suit that you're wearing, it's very hardwired and it's very limited. It just keeps reconditioning you into the past. So you think the way you thought yesterday, you feel the way you felt yesterday, and you're going to think that by doing and doing and pushing harder, some outcome will change. But even though there's an element of doing, energy creates matter. Matter doesn't create energy. It's energy that creates matter. So it's the alignment. It's the consciousness, right? It's the changing of the personality that changes the personal reality. So you've got to change from somebody into nobody because that's where all things are possible. And that's why so often you look back at your, on your life and you go, oh my God, when I was 12, I was hoping this guy would like me back. And by 18, I was like, he's an idiot. Or by you know 25, you had this set of things you wanted. And by 30, you're like, I don't even want any of those things. So the things that we think we want, we don't really want, actually. You came with much bigger dreams. You want something way bigger. And it starts with shedding the somebody that you're playing so you can be a real somebody, which is some of this oneness, right? And so that's the experience of meditation is shedding the past addiction. You know, it is an addiction. We have an emotional addiction because our body gets actually addicted to cortisol. So we are literally addicted to the past. And that's the truth. So everything that's on the other side for you of what you want this future to feel like, we have to set down the predictable. We have to set down the known. We have to set down the identity. And the identity is very strong for people, right? They're really bought in. So they'll tell you all day what's possible based on the past, based on their identity. But if your identity is energy, if your identity is consciousness, you can move, you can make quantum leaps. You get what I'm saying? You can kind of shift. So everybody that you look up to, that's the thing. Serena Williams and Michael Jordan, it's not that it's their athleticism, it's the energy. It's energy. When a mother lifts up a car out of nowhere to get this baby out from under a car, which has happened so many times they can't explain it, matter didn't do that. 
her physical body can't do that. Her energy did that. She like fired off this amount of energy that could lift the car because energy is bigger than matter, right? So I said five minutes ago, I'm going to say a lot of things and some of these things are going to make sense and some of them won't. But so this is one of the other like miracles that Einstein gave to the world, the observer effect. So when you look at something in science, if you look at an electron, it's totally unpredictable because depending on the observer, it's going to have a totally different thing that it does, which is insane, which means that we're not all living in the same world, period, full stop. We live in different worlds because we observe them differently. So the way I'm interacting with life, it's different because of how I'm perceiving it. That's it. That's the big get from science. And it's not woo. That's Einstein. Like that's like fundamental. Like that's crazy. Like you look at an electron, you can't predict it because depending on the observer, it's going to do something different. So every time somebody observed it, it did something different. That's insane. That doesn't make any sense, except it does because infinite really is infinite. This is the multiverse. You don't need to go to Mark Zuckerberg to find it. Like this is it. This is literally a multiverse. That's why people have totally different lives, totally different experiences because the observer is different. So when people come to me and they come to me with evidence of things, well, this is this and this is this and she can't do this. And I'm just like, well, from from the standpoint of the way you're observing it, you're not going to make any movement there. I don't see any of that. I'm not buying into any of it. So it's not going to affect me. So the way that I teach people how to create an abundant life or make more money or have their businesses grow. This is the mechanics of it. This is it. This is the only there there. It's energy that changes, right? It's consciousness that has to change. That's it. And from that level, you're going to make quantum leaps. So I say all this at the beginning of the call because the brain, if we relive the past all the time, it keeps going back to matter and it puts matter on a pedestal. What am I supposed to do? Well, what's the hashtag look like? What's the landing page look like? What's the formula to my business? Give me it in terms of matter, but there's no there there. It doesn't exist, right? But there is a level at which when the alignment is there and the consciousness is there and you are pumping that through, there are certain things like I am using Zoom right now, right? I am using a computer monitor. I did put the coffee inside a cup because just letting it run all over my counter and just letting it be pure consciousness, I can't actually enjoy it, right? So there are things that will work, but those things are simple, but they're deliberate. There's a rhythm to it. There's a buildup to it. So there's, there's that. And I think that that, whatever that is, that is the same in anybody's business if they're successful. There's some basics that work over and over and over again. The same way that there's some basics to building a house and putting in insulation or whatever that is. But we got to really take our eyes off that being what's really going to move the needle. Because also, we've got to start allowing for this space so that you know what you really want. Because so often, what you're asking for is like a thimble's worth you know, of life when you can have an ocean. We can drop into creating that. So... Colleen, are you happy that you asked? She's like, why don't you start with the meditation? I was like, right on top of that. No problem. Oh, it's so good. So good. And 
I just want you all to remember as you move through these next few months, like Kathy just said, this is it. That feeling, that peacefulness, that calm, that connectedness, that's our power, right? That's where we want to move from. That's the space we want to create from. And it's very easy in this 3D world where matter is all of the focus by the majority of people who haven't fully come into the awarenesses that you all have now about the power and the connection that is here for us when we're we're within our higher selves, right? When we're connected to that, we can get distracted easily. We can get caught up because there's a lot of freaking momentum around us of people who are believing that to be true. But you have to understand that when Kathy talks about there being all these different realities, just because you can see them doesn't mean they're in your world. Your world is defined by your own vibration and your experience, right? I always use that analogy of being at the zoo and there's the glass wall between you and the lion. The lion's not in your world. It's not coming for you. There's no way it can get to you, but you can see it. And so, so much of what we need to practice is allowing all of that almost chaos to be there, to maybe see it and observe it and to realize, oh, I don't need to get sucked in over there. That can all exist. I just need to stay in my center and then move from that place, stay in my center and move. And like Kathy says, it's actually very basic fundamental things, but there's no magic solution. There's no specific thing someone hasn't told you yet that's going to unlock everything for that business to go next level. It's you being in center And then allowing the synchronicities, the moments, the opportunities, and taking action from that space that's going to allow you to keep creating something closer to that vision that you have than repeating from the past. Yeah. So Colleen, I know that you you sent me over what you had prepared. What would you like to start with? Do you want to do prompts first? Sure. Why don't you start and then I'll jump in. Okay. So one of the things I want you to think about is when you think of this vision that you have three months from now, right? So often we go five years, 10 years, and we come up with these grandiose visions. And then they wind up always staying in a far distance because we keep telling ourselves, oh, maybe then or someday or whatever. But so like, let's bring this in like closer, right? So within three months, okay, we're talking within three months here. What is it that you envision for your business? Where do you want it to be versus where it is now? Three months from now, what would excite you? And you can reflect on this in terms of income. You could reflect on it in terms of like the support that you have around you, what your offers might look like, whatever comes up for you. But we just want you to take a couple of minutes, like write on that, share it, type in the comments if you want. What is that vision three months from now where you would love to see yourself? And you can like feel free and you're going to change this. You're going to keep tweaking it, but we just want to get a sense of, what does that look like? So if you want to put in an income amount, this is how much I want to be making per year, per month. This is the thing I want to create. I want to create this offer, or I want to have a product line, or I want to have a television show, or I want to write a play or whatever it is. Like, what does that look like for you? Or maybe you work for someone and you want to get a raise, or you want to have a different, you want to hop into a different seat in that organization what does that look like? So having a six-figure launch and feeling safe in my body, the ease with expansion, lucrative, a structure in place, hire help. I want to build a team of people to keep my work going, launch my podcast, permission to thrive, sell the $5 million big house and rep the buyer. Nice. I love this group, Colleen. 
I just feel like something feels so potent about everybody who's here. And there's like a strength and a clarity. And you guys have been, you've been in the stream for a while. I can feel it. Like you're showing up, you've been showing up, you're not in your resistance and it feels really good. I can tell. So let's talk about that feeling for a second. How do you imagine it feels when you sell that $5 million house? How do you imagine it feels when you have that consistent seven figures? What's the feeling? What's the feeling? Because what we don't often realize is that we're preparing all the time for the experiences before they happen. You know, before you tell your body to get up and go downstairs and get a snack, you've already laid the ground for that to happen because you have this quick idea of like, oh, I'm going to go get, for me, I like to make Ezekiel raisin toast and then I put oat milk butter on it. And I know that sounds like I'm so interesting all of a sudden. I'm really not. I also love like a Coke and a burger, but whatever, that's my new snack. And I like think about it and then I know how it's going to feel and then I'm ready for the experience and I walk my body through time and space and I go get it. Okay. But so often we forget to prime the walls before we paint them, right? We have to prepare for that experience because so often we don't realize we're sabotaging ourselves because we're not only are we not prepared for the experience, we're actually constantly living into the past. And so there is something about that new experience that we are pushing further and further away. And we don't realize that we're doing that because we're replaying these old feelings and this old stuff is like not what comes right before, you know, before you get on the plane to Fiji, you packed your bags already. You know where you're staying most likely, right? You have a sense of what's going on there. And so you're all ready. And then you show up at the airport and you hand the woman the ticket and you get in your seat, right? Cause you're ready for this experience. You've prepared for this experience. So what does it feel like? Before I go on stage and give a big talk, I feel how it already feels to be done with the talk. I feel it. I can feel like, oh, I went up there and I dropped the pressure and I didn't think about being impressive. I just opened my heart. Oh boy, does that feel good. Got it, got it, got it. That's the way to go. That's it. Don't try to prove yourself to anyone. Just open your heart up there. Just be present. Just let people in. Just look at their eyes and feel how good that feels. And then I go, great, I'm ready to speak. And I, then I get off stage and that's how it is. So how does it feel? You feel excitement, live, great. So how often do you feel that excitement right now, right? If the excitement is what that is, we don't get what we want, we get what we are, right? And so what I just said, for me to be able to give that talk and to enjoy it, I said, oh, I just drop into presence. I drop into not proving. I drop into just being there and opening my heart really opening it. And I can feel everyone in the room, they set down their need to prove. And next thing I know, I can just have a conversation with people. And all of a sudden it feels different than everything else that was at that conference. So how is that happening? I'm doing that all the time. And then people see that and whether they know it or not consciously or unconsciously, they go, we want that here. Can you come and do that here? We're constantly preparing for disaster. That's what I'm saying. You know, when we're in that fight or flight realm, we're using too much bandwidth and we're not able to play. We're not able to create and we're not able to draw it toward us because we're not in that magnetic space. We're just sort of over here perceiving the world as everything is at a distance from us. And there's so much that we have to do to close the gap of that distance. But the quantum leap is that you close the gap with consciousness. 
you close the gap with energy. You close the gap with something immaterial, which is what the world is actually made of. And that's what makes the world. And the reason it feels so right is because it's true. So you're already doing this a little bit, but what is the story? What is the story you're telling yourself about how you perceive this world that is keeping you from being right there with it? What's the story? I'm always worrying about how it be perceived, proving. Need to flip the script. So much for me has been about proving. I was a college athlete. So I had to prove my spot to play. Yeah. There's so much scarcity in proving, right? Versus allowing it because it's already there. It's already ready. You see, there's more ease. You have to play the societal game. Yeah, or not. You know, you can just vibrate out of that one and just play a different game. You don't have to try to win the race that they're not winning anyway. They're all exhausted. It might feel easy for others, but it's hard for me. I think a lot of us experience this contrast as feeling hard. I I think we signed up for that. You know, I think that's the duality of like, we open our eyes and we see a limited amount. We close our eyes. We feel all of a sudden this infinite, beautiful, it's just right. But we're all having that experience. And then I think it's just, it's really fun. Actually. We love that game. We love that game of going, wait, I got caught up in the washing machine of all this other perception. Boom. What's my real perception? Let me move into that. And that's really what we're here to do. So I don't know that it's just hard for you. I think that that's kind of the video game everybody's playing. Like fear, right? Constriction, allowing, receptivity, love. We're all playing that game. And I think too, that comes from, there's an element of like you were just saying with that proving energy, things are hard because we feel like it means something. We're still making it mean something heavy on the other side of that thing. And that we're somehow not worthwhile or enough until that thing happens. And then the whole process winds up feeling hard. And we kind of accumulate more evidence that we're ultimately at our core, not good enough, not worthwhile enough, or we would have the thing. And we get caught in this loop and it's not actually true, right? There's never been any question about your worth and value. It's only your ego self that starts to question that. And that's part of the work is starting to catch that and realize that. So we step out of, oh my God, there's nothing to prove. I don't have to prove anything to anyone. I don't have to prove myself. It's like, no, nope. nope. That's why I said during the meditation, this amazing thing called your life force. It's like, what's beating your heart? What did you have to do to be worthy of this electrical current? You know, when, when somebody dies in the ER, they use these paddles to try to see if they can bring the person back. And these paddles are there to try to like restart the current and try to bring the electrical current back. It's not matter. It's energy. There's a certain percentage. And now I forgot what it was, but I was told what the percentage is that they're successful with that, but it doesn't matter. But the point is sometimes they're successful. Sometimes they're not, but that initial one, that was just a given. That was just grace, right? We were just, boom, there it is. There's nothing to prove for that. You're just part of this infinite stream. So what do you think needs to change for you to create that? What do you think needs to change for you to allow in way more of the immaterial, of the space, of the connection, of the energy? Because that's what you want, right? You want more of that energy. That's what we're all chasing all the time. We think it's in the piles of things. We think the more piles of things we have or achievements or the more times we stand at the podium and collect the trophy, we think there's energy in that. 
well, that's just the way we see the world, but that's interesting. But really you want that energy, right? Mm -hmm. I could almost guarantee you that if you had the choice between standing at the podium and getting the award with the statue and the achievement and having the parking space with the fancy car versus spending six weeks in Bali or India or Jerusalem, and you came back and checked in to see which one felt better, it'd be the experience that plugged you into energy for sure. That's why I say we have much bigger dreams. You have way bigger dreams. Like part of the reason you came into this sphere with me is because you want a pile of things, but there's a part of you that kind of knows you want even more than that. And you want to take your precious time here and you want to have the real thing that you want, not the pile of stuff, but you get to have all of it. Like all of those potentials exist. You can have a beautiful sweater to wear and be warm by a fire and have plenty of food on the table and have the energy. Yeah, of course you can, right? I mean, King David was writing all those Psalms, right? As I walked through the valley of the shadow, like this man was like a poet, wealthy, one of the wealthiest people who ever lived, right? There's, you don't have to have one or the other and you can have both, but what you really want is the net net, right? And and we got to make sure we keep our eye on the prize. You want that energy. You want that vitality. You want that creativity. You want that divinity feeling. You want that connected feeling. That's got to stack up number one. Right. And isn't it interesting? Because you say to somebody how much you value these things or money. But if I said, what amount of money would you pay to save somebody you love? No question. Oh, I guess so. Then your relationships come before your money. Right. What if I said you can have all the money in the world, but you have this much time left to live? You'd say, okay, so time goes ahead. Right. So time and relationships, you, you do value it more than the stuff. You realize that you for sure do. But we get caught up in it, caught up in it, caught up in it, because we really get caught up in this limited game of like, how much 3D can I like, we become materialists, we become materialists. And then we actually think that what moves things is material things. It's the material items. Where's your PDF? Where's your thing? Like, that's what moves it. We become so materialists, but we're really actually not that. So let's just keep our eyes on the prize, right? How do we create and design an experience for ourselves where number one is the energy that we feel? We feel ease. We feel light. We feel creative, we feel space, we feel expansion, and we have plenty to eat and we have a a beautiful selection of things to wear and we get to take our, you know, kids on beautiful trips. Yes. And have it, enjoy it. It's going to come though, from that first thing, right? When the bars for that first thing are full, it's going to seep into everything. It's going to make everything so good. And, and then when you actually have it, you'll actually enjoy it because those first things will be in line. So Colleen, as I was talking, did you see any themes in what people were sharing that needs to change for them to create that? Well, I think people really get it, right? They recognize the need that they have to set down what has been a fixated way of focusing is really the best way to summarize it, right? We all get into these patterns and we continue to create from the same expectations. And Unless we're willing to be intentional enough to unhook from that and start telling a different story, right? Imagination, I was talking about this on my call yesterday, but imagination can be anything. We, we default to assuming it's only the positive. Most of us use our imagination to just spurn more and more from the past. That's all we imagine. We imagine the future based on the past. We imagine the future based on the past. So this process of catching that, recognizing it, seeing it, knowing it, and then intentionally going, what do I want to imagine? And someone made a comment in there about like, 
the fear of failure. Like that's why it's sometimes uncomfortable to lean into these desires or lean into that imagination zone and really play with that because, well, then what does it say if it doesn't happen? And a couple things, right? Again, that's reinforcing the fact that you're hooking that outcome on being the goal. And it never is. It's the feeling state. There's nothing more enthralling or invigorating than when you're showing up in your purpose in the now, when you're having the courage and you're reaching for those moments and you rise to those moments, nothing is more exhilarating than that. When you experience that joy and the expansion in the now, nothing can trump that. And so there's that piece. And then the piece as well is like, stop looking at things as failure, right? There's this tendency that we assume anything in our life that is not what we prefer is a problem. That's the problem. Start seeing anything that's there just as some kind of gift, as a reflection, as an opportunity to see where our fears still lie of what's here for us to like transcend and integrate and move through. And all of it is purposeful in our journey. And it's not saying something about that, you know, ego, I am somebody. It's just you moving through reality and you get to choose how you interpret it. Yesterday, I'll tell you a cute story. This is a very small example but it actually was big sort of in terms of how it felt. So yesterday, my kids had a day off from school. So I said, great, I'm going to kind of cancel everything so I can just spend the day with them, which was really fun. And I said, what do you guys want to do? And initially I felt bad that I didn't know that it was another day off because I said, oh, what a missed opportunity. I could have taken them away. We could have gone to Laguna Beach or Ojai or spent the night in a hotel for two days. And then I thought, well, they don't necessarily need that. There's so much that we can do that's fun just spending the day together. So I said to my kids, what do you want to do? And my youngest one said, let's go get a kite and we'll fly a kite. And she goes, and this time I won't ruin it because the last time we had a kite, it was very funny. We went out to Malibu with the kite. We had a kite. And when we took it out of the bag, there was no string in the bag. And I look at Maddie and she's like, she had taken the string and wrapped it around her bedroom furniture. And I had seen that days earlier. And I remember saying to her, where'd you get that string? And then I go, you took the string out of the bag? And she's like, so we really couldn't fly the kite without the string that day. Anyways, so she goes, let's go get a kite. And this time I won't ruin it. I said, okay, fine. So we go to this store by our house to get the kite. And then we were going to go to this local park. And when we got to the store, Both of my kids wanted a kite. My oldest was doing something else, but my younger two wanted it. And there's only one kite left. And it was actually, uh, it wasn't a kite of their choice because it had a skull and crossbones, like a pirate. And my daughter's six, so she wanted like a princess or something like that. And she was like looking at the kite, like not the kite I want. And then I said to Eliza, well, maybe we'll just get this kite and you guys can share it. And Eliza says, no, she's not going to share it with me. Then I won't have a kite. So there was this moment of like, oh, we just drove to the store and we had this plan and there's no kite. Like, really, there's one and there's not the one either that wants. So the woman behind the counter said, oh, well, we have a sister store and it's in Malibu. Would you like me to call to see if they have a kite? And at first I thought, Malibu, that's 40 minutes away. Like, but then I said to her, sure. So she goes, hang on. So she's like, oh, they have three. They have one with a peace sign, one with a princess and one with geometric shapes. So I asked them and they're like, you know, these are the two. I said, hold those for us. And she goes, okay. So I said, I guess we're going to go to Malibu. So my daughter goes, can we walk there? I go, no, we can't walk there. It'll take you about a month to walk there. So let's get in the car. So we get in the car and we drive out to Malibu, which was fine because it was the middle of the day. It took us like 17 minutes, which is pretty quick. 
we went to this toy store, which we've been to before many times. And then they got the kites and then they had these scooters that were light up electric scooters that were so cute. And Maddie's like, oh my God, can I get the scooter? And Eliza's like, I want one of these scooters. They're so cute. And my husband's like, you didn't price shop. You could have gone online. I don't know if it's the right thing to get a scooter. Just ran. I'm like, it's not a thousand dollars. Who cares? I'm just thinking. And he was like, fine, fine, fine. So we get them these scooters. And then right there by the toy store, there's this like little area where they can ride the scooters and they're riding the scooters. And my husband said, there's that sandwich shop. I've asked you to try so many times. Can we just try it today? And I was like, yeah. So we go in, we get these sandwich. I go, this is like the best sandwich ever. He goes, I told you about the sandwich shop. You've never allowed me to like, you always say no. We always go to this other Italian place. Isn't it good? It was so good. We sat outside, ate these sandwiches. My kids were riding the scooters and riding the scooters, having the best time. And we spent the day like that. And then when we went to go to fly the kite afterwards, we had like a little bit of time left. The place where we normally fly the kite was under construction and the entire field was being built as a baseball field. So we couldn't use it. So I said to my kids, oh, okay, well, we could try to go somewhere else. And then they were like, let's just go get ice cream. So we went and got ice cream and we came home. So we never flew a kite. There was no kite. And I said to my husband, that was like my one of my favorite days we ever had. It was just so much fun. And if the store had had the kite, then we would have gotten a kite and we would have gone to this local park and it would have been fine and it could have been awesome, but that's not what happened. Instead, we couldn't get the kite. And then we drove out of our way to go get a kite, which we never got because they got these two scooters. And then we ate at this sandwich place. And my husband was like, I've literally been asking you since we started dating. And you always say, oh, I don't want a sandwich. I don't want to go out of it. He's like, and it really is like the best. He said, Phil Rosenthal just told him it's his favorite place out of like all these places. And it was really fantastic. So it's fascinating because we're so afraid of the unknown. It, we're so allergic to the unknown. Like, oh my God, it's unknown. It's unpredictable. And really all of the potentials exist in the unknown. Because everything that's known, you've already experienced that. You had that yesterday. You had that the day before. Is it working for you? No, you're not totally content. You want something else. But the ego, which is your amygdala, which is your fear, is like, it has to be predictable. I have to know. It's a great reminder to say to yourself, I don't really want that. So you can hear it and just start to notice when your mind gives you this like very like fearful, very strong speech and says, don't go down that way. That's unknown. Oh my God. And your heart rate starts to go. It's like, but every beautiful gift in this unlimited potential, this field is literally, it is everything you want is here, everything, but your very limited, very controlling ego tells you what you want. And it's actually not what you want. You want something so much better. And the truth is, if somebody would have said to me at the beginning of the day, oh, so here's what's going to happen. You're going to wind up doing this. And instead you're going to do this. It would have been even less fun. It was more fun that it was all a surprise. Every single thing was a surprise. It made the scooters more fun because we didn't know that they were going to get the scooters. It made the sandwich shop more fun because my daughter ran in there because she had a pee. And next thing I know, I go, this place is so cute. And he's like, I told you this a thousand times. Look at the menu. They have the most interesting things. And they did. And it was just like so much better. 
right? It's so much better that way. And that seems like a really simple example, except that last night I said to him, you know, I'm always talking about what I want to create. I'm like, I actually want to just have that day. That's really what I want. I want that more than more money in my business for sure. Like every time we go to Blackberry Mountain and my kids are just walking on trails for days, literally for days, I go, what are we doing? Why don't we just move here? Why don't we just live here? What, who, just because everyone else is doing something so mediocre and dumb, why are we doing that? Like who said you sign up to do that? Right. I also love the fact that we live, we, we happen to live in this like farmhouse, you cross a tiny little bridge to get to my house. And it's so beautiful. And there's bunnies and deer in the backyard and all the things. And then we live a few miles from a really big, fun city. And I kind of like that. I do for now, but I'm open. You know what I mean? I'm like, hmm, what really is what's in the pot of gold? You know? So the unpredictable is the best stuff. It's the best stuff. When I was in college and I got this trip, I went on this birthright trip to Israel. It was this free trip for me and they were offering it then. And I think they still are. But anyway, I was like, actually didn't want to go because my boyfriend at the time, he couldn't go on the trip. He didn't get on the trip. There was like a lottery and they can only take a certain amount of people. And I was like, I don't really even want to go on the trip. And then I went on the trip and I was like, I'm not coming home. And I didn't come home for three years. I mean, I'm so glad I went on that trip. It was so unpredictable and it changed my whole life. And then I met Lisa Henson, Jim Henson's daughter. I wrote a song. I wrote a song for a show. And for whatever reason, she asked me, do you want to come take a tour of the Henson lot? And I was like, oh my God, I want to see the creature shop. And so I went and we met and then we had this conversation and she said, you're like the modern day Mr. Rogers. You're like a love machine. And I think we could create a whole show around your songs and you and how genuinely you care about people. I can just feel it. So let's go. So we make this show called The Peaceful Place. And as part of the show, she says, I want you to come with me to UCLA. There's a mindfulness center that I'm the main founder of. I pay for it, basically. I'm the benefactor. That's probably what she said, not I pay for it. And so I went with her. And next thing I know, I just stayed there for three years. You know, it was like totally unpredictable from a song I wrote. Like, I mean, I wrote the song for Disney and then the woman at Disney moved to Henson and she brought the song with her. I'm just saying like, we love what's in the field of all potential. It's so much bigger and so much better and so much more delicious, right? It's magic. It's awesome. It's incredible. So every single day, your biggest strategy is waking up in the morning and saying, I'm going to stop being somebody. I'm going to stop being this person who feels the way she felt yesterday, who practices preparing. How is she preparing? You're preparing the same emotions, the same thoughts, the same behaviors that you did the day before. No, you got to move into nobody, nowhere, no time, no space, consciousness, right? If you really want to turn thoughts into things, if you really want your perception of reality, if you really want reality for you to be the kind of reality where you can turn thoughts into things from thought alone, you can go boom, right? Then you have to be thought alone. You have to be pure consciousness. You have to be that, not be this person who's wired into, chemically addicted to your past, chemically addicted and constantly doing the predictable of what you did yesterday. No, you got to set it down. Be willing to set it down and move into energy, move into consciousness, move into fully feeling into what's here. And then you start to feel and rehearse how good it feels to be here right now. It already is. 
And from that place, there's ideas and things start to mold and you start to get led to things. And that's the quantum leap because you start to meet, you start to connect. You know, my friends, Pentatonics just got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And I turned to my husband and I said, this is uncanny. There were two people who were asked to give talks, who were asked to give speeches before the Pentatonics received their Hollywood Walk of Fame. Rachel Platten and Andy Grammer gave the talks before they went on. And I said to my husband, I, I mean, I'm friends with 10 people in the world, you know, but Rachel Platten and Andy Grammer are friends of mine. And I'm like, of course, we would all play in the same sandbox. Like, that is uncanny. I did an event in October with Andy, right? We did an event. And Rachel is a friend of mine. And like, I don't have tons of tons of famous friends. I'm not looking for famous friends. I just happen to be friends with those two people. And then I'm obsessed with the pentatonics and recently became friendly with Kevin because the guy who started pentatonics is a, is a close family friend. And he introduced me to Kevin and we went and saw them three times in the last four months. We're obsessed with them. And then I ran into Mitch at an Abraham Hicks event and I'm obsessed with him and we just became new friends. And then I look and I'm like, I text Rachel. I'm like, we never even talked about pentatonics. And, and I'm like, of all the people, like, what I'm saying is that's the quantum leap. Of course, you start playing in a certain energy. You're all in that energetic. That's the parallel universe. You're all in that universe. You're existing on that plane. We're all living in different universes for real, for real, for real. And when you're in a certain universe, which is you, you, you walk through it with the skeleton key called your energy, you bump into other people that are in that level that, that that parallel universe like we're all playing in that space and I know that that sounds crazy but it's not crazy it's really how it is it's, it's all vibration and it's all seeking you know vibration that's similar and the, the patterns kind of go together well I hope that that was really valuable here are the takeaways number one who you really are is so much bigger than the somebody suit that you've been wearing you're someone because you're some of the one this is the infinite oneness Number two, the feeling of peacefulness, of calm, of connectedness. This is it. That's our power. Number three, drop into presence, drop into not proving, drop into not being there and opening your heart. Number four, the quantum leap is that you close the gap with consciousness. You close the gap with energy. You close the gap with something immaterial, which is what the world is actually made of. Number five, there's nothing more invigorating than when you're showing up in your purpose and in the now. When you have the courage and you rise into the moments, there's nothing more exhilarating than the joy and expansion of that experience. Number six, stop looking at things as failures. Instead, see it as a gift, as a reflection, as an opportunity to see where our fears still lie. See what's here for us to transcend and integrate and move through that. All of it has purpose in the journey. Number seven, set down the identity, set down the predictable, set down the predictable, set down the known. The unpredictable is actually the best stuff. And number eight, if you really want to turn your thoughts into things, if you really want the kind of reality where you can turn thoughts into things, you have to move from thought alone. You have to be pure consciousness. From that place, there are ideas, there are ways that you can start to mold and you'll be led to the field of all potential. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. I'm so grateful for you. We have so many good episodes coming up, including Jason Mraz, who will be here so soon. So make sure that you follow along on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you're listening. And if you're really getting something from the show, please consider leaving a review or sharing the show with someone that you love. I love you so much. I'll leave you with a song and have an awesome weekend.
Some kind. 